word why. What a curious word. The kind of word that can make us cringe, feel defensive, or even distant. But you know, sometimes why is the key. The key that can unlock so much to our lives. Join me as we explore the why with fascinating contributors to the world. Those that entertain us, inform us, teach us about life, and if we're lucky, inspire the next in all of us. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger, and welcome to Headroom, a production of Rainlight and co-produced by Old Soul. Let's go. Well, I like to walk into interviews feeling, uh, I don't know, somewhat confident in the subject matter uh, that we're going to explore. Um, and I'm getting more confident. That's what's really interesting about this topic area uh, the metaverse, crypto, NFTs, and it happened just in the preparation for this discussion, this interview today, I found myself reading something and saying, oh, I get it. <laughs> I didn't, almost didn't even have to second guess it. So maybe that means that the the little work that I've been doing in it and, and studying has been paying off. And I hope that that is the case for all of you. Um, looking forward to this conversation. We have a rock star. Uh, I don't care what country you're in. Uh, I think people understand what rock star means. When we think about sort of what is next in in Web3 technology, but really it's innovation and it's seeing a borderless, I think, horizon. And that is our guest, uh, Denise Ogersh, uh, I, Osgersh. I'm, did I get kind of, Denise? Close, close. I apologize. You, you're coming to us from, uh, from Istanbul. We were talking about the airport in a second. I want people to understand who you are and probably many do uh, if they know Space Runners, the metaverse fashion brain or fashion tech platform. Uh, but Denise has been recognized on Forbes 30 under 30 list and operates the, at the nexus of technology, finance and fashion. After securing a degree in economics and finance in 2020, she moved rapidly in the role of head of growth at TechSign, an industry leader in AI-enhanced KYC. That's Know Your Customer Solutions. In 2021, Denise co-founded Space Runners, swiftly assembling a 60-person team and raising $12 million in initial funding. Company set a landmark by launching a $10 million digital collectible NFT collection in collaboration with NBA champions Cal Kuzma and Nick Young, which sold out in a record nine seconds. Partnerships with fashion titans like Balmain, Kicks, and Smiley further bolstered the company's innovative stance in the fashion arena. Uh, Space Runners is developing the first ever AI fashion designer designed to democratize fashion by allowing anyone to create and market their own items. I mean, it's really interesting to me. It also makes me feel my age, Denise, is to say, what is out there? Sort of what are we exploring? Um, and how are we going to interact with that? You know, I had, I interviewed Deepak Chopra earlier this, I believe it was this calendar year and talking about the Chopraverse and the way in which he's looking at this and, and other sort of leaders and notables in this space. What, what is it about Web3 that caught your attention? And when did that happen? How old were you, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, of course. Um, well, great intro to start with. Uh, I, I just... I got into space pretty early, right after my college. I was on the economics and finance, and as you can guess, everyone at the time, I guess, um, 2017, 18, uh, they were investing in crypto, discovering what it is. Um, and then uh, I found it interesting, interesting, of course, but not on the investing. I was, I, I do have my way to work with engineers, I guess, although I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a like fully technical person. I just, I just kind of fell in love with the technology because. For from the from my degree, I know that doing economics, doing any kind of money transfer was a was a pain in the 
Yeah. So, uh, and if you're an entrepreneur, like from fundraising to getting payment, it's just, um, it was making everything global. Um, and it's, it happened the way that I was imagining with space runners, like a team, uh, gathering, fundraising, the idea, everything. Um, we are actually using the, this, this beautiful financial infrastructure, um, blockchain, which is, um, of course, I know that there's lots of debate out there, like crypto is up and down, but tech, tech wise, I think there's, there's a merit. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I just wanted to use that, build around that. So I've started, uh, actually few other like ventures before space runners, um, trying to experiment on the technology, trying to help or, you know, work, you know, wait for others basically, but then space runners made everything formalized, uh, and then it became, uh, um, a pretty successful company by now. I, I would say so. I think you you talk about off and running, uh, no pun intended. Uh, let's talk about the culture of Web3. Let's talk about the metaverse. Um, and, you know, we would say sort of the, the older term might be software adoption, right? But this sort of adoption where we understand the interface of our digital world and our physical worlds. And, and I've had some people say that one of the challenges generationally is that, you know, younger people are used to being able to move things within their environment in a digital landscape. And that is obviously not the case in a, in a physical landscape in the same way. I can't just move a tree because I've decided to move it in an instant, um, but I can do that. Where are we in that sort of the adoption phase and what else needs to be done so that that folks that <laughs> either in my age group look like me or you sort of need um, to help just be a part of that community? What needs to be done in communicating the value proposition so that it isn't an either or proposition? but it's an and. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great questions. So I guess even for my generation, uh, I'm, I'm currently 25. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's getting a little hard to understand. So don't feel like it, it needs to happen. Like the adaptation needs to get easier for sure. But you, and, and like, we all observe that for a younger generation, like they are actually living in two different worlds. Um, they have a virtual character, you know, avatar activities. Uh, they do have an, very like imaginative world out there. And, and surprisingly, um, the, the people who are spending more time in the digital spaces, they're actually looking for ways to express themselves and, and personalize things for themselves and transact with others and, and engage with the world. So uh, um, for us, like fashion was a great tool to, to achieve that, especially for two different worlds who are considered to be great, great industries in the physical world, like gaming and fashion. So there's, um, and people in gaming, um, younger generation used, I mean, they, they love personalization. They love all the like engagement and luxury even, uh, but they don't, they, before I, I guess like all the metaverse and web three space, that wasn't a way to actually engage with the physical brands or physical world. Uh, um, so now with the metaverse, I mean, again, the market is just up and down, I know, but the technology got us in a place where brands are able to get into this world in a, you know, step by step, and they're able to engage with the audiences in different ways. So, of course, the adoption is increasing daily, but there are some several, I mean, some challenges along the way that keeps others coming in. Um, first thing is, of course, about the user experience. I I still think that blockchain is not easy to understand for for many people and and applications are requiring lots of you know technical knowledge even like you need to have a wallet at least or you need to have some kind of a 
um, reading before uh, to to purchase, you know, the Ethereum fees to pay the gas even. Uh, so that makes things a little crazy uh, in in my head. Um, even if you check like Apple Store today, there's no user app um, for blockchain. It's just wallets and exchanges, and it's it's not it it's make it it makes things look like blockchain is all about the financial infrastructure. It's it's actually not. Like there can be several other applications that people can people are actually like ventures are calling it 2.5 web 2.5 where um web 2 is connected with 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 web 3 basically so once i feel like more and more people are building stuff that integrates blockchain that doesn't it, it, it that is not highlighting blockchain as a technology but as a, as a great use case I, I feel like that's the way that more people will just come in uh number one number two is about the hardware uh, the metaverses and and like all the big games are uh, hard to scale. So the number of users, uh, the number of activity, and uh, and the feeling as well, like all the VR glasses are not as a, as a position uh, as infrastructure and 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 the hardware to st support people to uh, spend more time on, especially the older generation. So I get uh, that 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 is also improving. Like Apple is doing something, Microsoft is doing another thing, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure it will get easier. And infrastructure-wise, also we need to have a better internet as a uh, you know as internationally, basically to um, to I mean yeah, engage with more people in a in a in a faster way. So that's infrastructure challenges. Another thing that we need to uh, we need to exceed as a second thing. Uh, but above all these, the adoption is still increasing because the young generation is super hungry to um, spend actually more time in the in the virtual space. So, I'm I'm all I'm all positive. Let's talk about the impact. So once somebody is sort of, I'm going to use physical terms, but meaning them within a digital environment, which is to walk into the space and to start mm -hmm. to maybe feel comfortable and understand things. As I was talking at the open um, of our chat today. What what do you think the impact is after someone has been indoctrinated into Web3 on their interpretation of the physical world? The way, let's use fashion as an example. If I didn't really understand fashion in the physical world, but I have a sort of a different, maybe new and evolved appreciation in the digital world, are we seeing, do we, can we anticipate that that will change potentially the way in which I engage with fashion in the physical world? And is there benefit in finding ways to sort of deconstruct that value proposition and life cycle um, of our interaction with those things around us? Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, one thing that we've realized with in fashion space, even with the luxury brands, I think once people start engaging with the Web3 version of their favorite brand, basically, it, it's, it's more like uh, breaking the wall between the brand and, uh, and, and that person. So it's just like people feel more uh loyal to that brand um that brand becomes more accessible more 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 approachable um so people are um getting that that item but that item doesn't represent something wearable it's just a representation of accessing reaching out to that brand's benefits basically or like any events that they're organizing um their head designer for example like something exclusive with them um more chance to engage basically so that that's one thing. The other thing is, um, as people are spending more time in the digital space, obviously there's this expectation of uh, having more privilege on the virtual space. It can be with your avatars. It can be. It's just like purchasing a Lamborghini in the in the physical world. There's there there are 
their things in the in the also in the digital space that would give away your you know exclusivity uh, that would make you a vip person that would make you feel more special so um i think people were before web3 there was you know no chance of actually doing this because the there's there's no no such thing as limit limiting the supply so I guess it's the first time where, where where a customer can truly engage with a luxury brand and feel special having a having a part of it. So um, that's a new experience for every brand is, is is something that I can say. But they're surprisingly open to innovate in this field. I wouldn't say even for the luxury brands they're afraid because you would expect them to you know even a bit to to be a bit scared of losing their exclusivity, um, their 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 heritage for example like they i would expect expect them to protect you know have the tendency to protect protect that uh heritage but it's actually the the the, the, the way around uh surprising me Denise, are we are, i was going to ask are do you know are, are there are we doing any brain research on sort of the pleasure centers of the brain are we seeing that it's sort of expanding and we're lighting up in different areas where to your point if i'm buying a lamborghini here in the states that's an experience, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah. that's sort of an extreme example. But that if yeah. I did that in in a Web3 environment, that in essence, the same parts of my brain would light up. Are we starting to see that there's some sort of translation or equivalency? I think so. I, I definitely think so. Since people are now connecting in a, in a more global scale with everyone, I think that's the ultimate way of... Um, showcasing who you are basically um and people are doing everything online right now like they engage they connect they they get married they get like fundraising they build a team they they do everything online so i guess um that's going to be an important thing always to build an identity in wherever you are and uh, and yeah that's that that's going to be here with us i i believe Let's pivot a little bit and talk about your role in the space. Um, by all accounts in my research, I mean, you you know, you seem to be incredibly humble and it's probably helping you. Um, but there's sort of a steely nature about you that says that you're not afraid of what is out there. And I think that that's really, uh, that's to be celebrated as an entrepreneur. Um, talk a little bit about the role of being maybe sort of an unofficial ambassador to the space. Because we do, we need people to sort of be the first ones on that, you know, that initial voyage to, I don't know, bend the rules a bit, see what is, is possible, identify maybe the, the, um, you know, the potholes where they are, where we didn't anticipate them to be. Uh, what role do you see yourself being in, uh, in this space? And not only that, but to be a female in a male dominated space. No, of course. Um, if I, I mean, there's, there's lots of, you know, speeches about being female in the space, in the tech space, but I only see that as an advantage, honestly. Um, people are, especially in the fashion space, especially in the in the gaming space, um, it's 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 easily noticeable uh, when you do something, when you try to just innovate a space, when you're courageous enough to you know do do something that is just you know new, basically fresh. Um, so. I guess me and my team and and my position honestly was just bringing talented people and just try to facilitate their lives. Um, it's it's not about like it 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 was never and it will never be like uh, me telling them a stuff or my co-founder basically to just do stuff. Um, it was always them telling us basically. Um, the thing is, of course, there are 
there's lots of challenges starting from 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 the 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 way that we we do stuff we work with people because they are super super diverse it, we are not only working with you know fashion people but there's also engineers so they're like mentally against each other because one is being super creative and unstructured while the other is super rational and they want to stick with they're like getting super crazy one once you know these people start to create so there is uh i guess i i me and my co-founder one we are a uh, a little bit of a balancer between these two groups and it's just internal it's just you know make them productive internally but externally we do have a role as well like we need to speak we need to inform people we need to make technology a bit more understandable because what we for example with Balman and they're a great partner in any way uh but they also had some of course, time to, you know, they require some time to process. Um, they are asking all these questions about blockchain, which blockchain to use, how much fee to, to, you know, the users need to pay because it's it's something that luxury people never experienced before. Um, but they are super keen to understand. Obviously, it takes time, so we need to be a little more, um, you know, slow and 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 and, and understanding. Um, so yeah, I, I I just be calm balancer find resources facilitate people's life make them happy that's our role basically in this space i'm not you know it's it's not like i'm finding us from from zero it's, it's not like that headroom is produced by old soul a one-stop marketing agency that understands the power of brand and nuance reach out to my guy matt at old soul and supercharge your brand and content strategy that's old soul shoot matt a note at a old soul Dot com. That's A-O-L-D-S-O-U-L dot com. And now back to our guest. Let's talk about education and setting the next generation up. So those that are even that much younger than you, right? I have a, a nine and 11 year old and I think about the classes that they're in, what they're studying, what they're experiencing, even with their friends. Is there anything, any anything that would tell us how we might want to think about the types of opportunities we present students. I recently interviewed Hadi Partobi, the founder of Code.org, and, and Hadi, I think, is a real thought leader in the space and what he's trying to do to impact education. From your vantage point, what would have been helpful when you were, you know, 15 or even younger, when you think about the types of uh, academics that you were exposed to and preparing you for where you are today? Because part of me feels like anything new and inventive and exploratory, we have, there's a little bit of luck involved, right? <laughs> we have to, you kind of have to bounce around and have experiences and say, wait a minute, I can do this. And this interests me and those things combine, you meet the right people and all of a sudden you've got space runners. So uh, think about education. What could we do to, to improve that or set the younger generation up to succeed? Yeah. Uh, I mean, surprisingly, I guess in the first half of my educational uh, years, I was a I was a great student. I was I was always like I was the nerd. Uh, and and to be honest, during that process, there's things that I I now see that that is improvable. So that's a great 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 question. Uh, so of course to start with, especially if you haven't born in like out if you have been born outside of us or or europe basically you need to learn english basically or any like you need to be a global person so that's number one uh above everything um and once that checked uh the the second thing is i i i feel like there's no career at the moment that will not change in the in the next five years especially with ai and everything so anything that is repeatable anything that is automizable that will be just gone um 
and uh i feel like the the main thing that um that the education is just should bring to to people's mind is the way of thinking so um that structured way of thinking that mathematical thinking that 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 is quite important because even for my generation and i know that this is getting like ultra hard for the for the younger ones is the lack of focus because everything is happening at the same time and you are under the exposure of like, like all these things because you're like fully online so it's really hard i mean of course uh people these days are like they're you know they're they're super smart but also the way that they are getting exposed like it's just they it's it's hard to choose one thing and focus on that and keep improving on that when there's lots of other opportunities happening at the same time while that's the trick like focusing on one thing and just achieving that and moving forward um and then if you are a person with a with a with a mathematical mind basically if you're an arithmetic person that's really just that that's something needed so um i would give that more and more um weight uh, on the education for sure um yeah outside of that nothing like being global and thinking structured is that are the two main things i mean everything else if you're open to innovation if you're keen to work hard obviously if you have that ethics um somehow i think it's just you you should be good to go so a lot of people are concerned and, and maybe it's just out of fear and, and it's the unknown, which is the AI side, you, you know, like chat GPT, right? So you've got Google CEO talking about knowledge workers are going to be sort of a thing of the past because we've, we're going to be able to solve for that. I feel like we're entering into a world of scenarios and probability and that that sort of beta testing is going to be, that's the lab that we're all going to be walking into. Is there any impact of AI, even for the likes of you and your contemporaries, in fearing that sort of once the, we, we let the cat out of the bag, the impact AI can even have in the metaverse and Web3 could potentially feel like it's stripping our ability to enjoy the process or the journey? You know, we've said for generations, it's the process, it's the journey, it's not the result, right? And that's what kind of makes, I think, it's one thing that defines us and makes us recognizably human, which is that we can, along the way, acknowledge the experiences that we're having. Well, if we're in a world of AI that is collapsing timelines and providing the answer, the proverbial, proverbial answer, is that going to impact even your world um, on the way in which you think, the way in which you strategize and try to keep up? Yeah, that's a philosophical question that I'm, I'm myself experiencing. Uh, even the way I work, like sometimes I feel like the the brain is really melting because it's not. We are not trained for this. We we are humans. We we should. We are supposed to enjoy with the process. I don't think that will be the case anymore. To be super honest, honest, um, we are getting more impatient, impatient uh, over time with the technology. But right now with AI, it's just like I do need an answer right away, and I think. On metaverse and blockchain specifically, we were designing stuff. We were just working on, you know, pixel and pixel. It was taking time. Obviously, there was um, we needed more resource, etc. So, in any dimension, of course, that's much more efficient. Uh, but for the designing and creation piece right now, with the use of AI, everything is just uh, about the resource, uh, the, the results anymore. Um, so that's. Uh, of course, time will tell is the, is the thing that I can say, but I, I, I strongly believe that in like 10, 15 years, the nature of human or the way that we will just think uh, that will also change or we will alternatively, they will just give us a chip to, to, to change the way with um, which is 
you know, more likely, I think. I appreciate your approach to that. Uh, the the question that I posed, it reminded me of, and I've mentioned this a few times on the show, there's a, a series on Netflix called Unknown. It's a documentary series. I think there are four different episodes. Um, and the one is, it's called Killer Robots. And if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend that. But they look at AI in the military. And oh. to your point, what is fascinating, they had two researchers, I believe, in the from North Carolina here in the States, and on a Friday, they changed an algorithm. They replaced either a one with a zero or a zero with a one. Um, and by Monday, the AI had generated 40,000 different biological chemical weapons. Ooh, and it fun. makes you think in a million different ways, right? It's not only the danger of what that could be, right? Sort of the, the, the other side of the coin, but also what's the impact on researchers like that? Because to me, they're very much like you. And you're in your contemporaries, right? You're researching, you're trying to understand it. It's almost as if I wrote this note down as you were responding. It's when talking about the, the philosophical question around process and enjoyment. It's like we went from this brick by brick approach to life, right? Building brick by brick to now it's house by house, <laughs> community by community, and it's coming faster and faster and faster. And yeah. I would have to think this goes a little bit back to the educational uh, piece that we, we touched on, which is you could argue that that will impact the paths that younger people will take in their own educational pursuits. Whereas if, in essence, if you've already discovered, if it's a treasure map and you've already discovered the treasure, well, why am I going to go and try to look for the same treasure, right? Maybe I'll take whatever skill set or a skill set and apply that in another domain or another area um, of professionalism. Mm -hmm. That's totally legit. And, and not to even mention like, Right now, the existing AI models are uh, language models. Like it's it's actually predicting what comes after um, a word, right? Like, and with with the chips, I I I wasn't actually kidding. Like, I'm, I'm actually like seriously thinking about this. Sometimes, if you're a competitor person, and if you are impatient patient about the innovation, and you keep, and that that's kind of an addictive thing for the for the entrepreneurs. Like, we all. It's not like the end of the story is here. Just like we wouldn't just we want to keep building, and in that regard, I, I I'm pretty sure like maybe in five years, uh, it's not going to be only language processing models, but it's going to be about like the thinking processing models, basically to crack how we think and just generate ideas. So it's not, I'm not sure if we will call ourselves like human at that point. Um, I guess the. Uh, yeah, that's again like super philosophical, and I just don't want to dive deep. But I, I just spend so much time thinking about it. Um, it is so interesting, it's a, Denise. It's so fascinating to me that when you just said you, it's philosophical and you don't want to dive that deep, so hold that. So we'll sort of hold two truths, right? So we've got that that you just said, and we also have this fearless nature about you, and mm -hmm. and your contemporaries, in the the absolute willingness to jump off of the digital cliff and see if you land and or where you go. So you, so in one sense, you're fearless, but on the human, maybe the, in the physical world, the contemplation of when we are human or when that ceases to exist or, or it becomes real fuzzy, that's sort of, that's a place you're not ready to go to yet. I just find that as a, a fascinating yeah. observation. Yeah. I, I, on the, on the digital side, I would just, if they, launched the chip like tomorrow i would probably like 90 percent <laughs> jump through and try like i know that it will fail at some point because it was the same in web3 space as well like so many people got into the road and just raised funding and then they built teams but 
sometimes it just fails and that's understandable because it's super fascinating to me i i think it's just worth it um but on the on the physical world i just i just sometimes close my laptop just like you know everyone and i just want to slow down down but um the the facts in the in the physical world i think they're more um they they cause more hesitation like personally on me i wouldn't you know mm. talk about everyone in general but if you're an entrepreneur living in your laptop basically it's just becomes your normal and anything outside of that becomes more scary so you don't i mean you you kind of feel scared or hesitant to dive into the details on the on the physical world so you get more courageous and you get more the ideal person in your head in the digital space uh yeah yeah right i'm going to close with this denise um should we be thinking about creating whether they are um uh, boundaries of practice, whether they are uh, maybe ethical approaches and questions, like what should we be doing to think or do our best maybe? Um, because I don't, it's, I'm sure an iterative process, it's, there's nothing static about it. But how do we understand creating a bit of a, um, of an ecosystem of safety and practice and, and best practice um, so that we don't sort of go off the rails into what I was talking about in the, you know, AI and the military potential, um, that could be ultimately very uh, challenging to the survival of our species or just our, our general experience of life and what makes us uniquely human. Yeah, right. Uh, I guess there are lots of measures taken by the, especially from the bigger companies right now, um, for military, for like ethical reasons. Obviously, I I personally think that it's hard to prevent at some point because um, everyone is building nowadays, like one person is dreaming about something and then building the tool in two days and uh of course if they have bad intentions uh i'm doubtful if we have the right functionalities to stop that person in the digital space at the moment so it's still in improvement so there there should be of course like more and more and more investments and i guess here again like us is leading on um putting that ethical or like limitations in terms of like ai development um on the other side, there are lots of unpredictable stuff that even if you are in the goodwills, even if you are, you know, the, the one of the bigger companies, um, I guess there, there are things that are hard to prevent in any way, like people losing their jobs. Obviously, there's going to be a transformation process for uh, for people to renew their skills and 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 start other other stuff. But as far as I'm, I'm talking with people on the AI, on the on the blockchain, on anything, basically this transformation, although it's painful, it's it's usually uh, leading to, you know, more jobs basically because, uh, like for example, the the biggest technology companies, like you would expect them to have maybe like 10, 20 people to run the entire company since they're like fully digital, but it's somehow they're still having the most number of, you know, employees under, under their roof and, and they all got like more jobs because it's not like, yeah, you, I mean, yeah, more brain is needed, more help is needed. It's, it's, uh, it, it, the, 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 impl the, that, that part doesn't really scare me, but of course the, the ethical concerns will be there. Um, yeah. I guess governments should should understand and lead the process here, like put standards. Uh, that's the way to go, at least for now. Yeah, parallel conversations that at least explore what could be or what needs to be, uh, not only to support the innovation and the entrepreneurs like yourself, but also to not only, I guess, protect or at least provide some safeguards so that we can 
ex fully experience the opportunity that is represented by all of your hard work. Uh, we want to thank Denise uh, Osgersh. Uh, she is the co-CEO of Space Runners. You can go to spacerunners.com, check out uh, Smiley World by Space Runners, uh, Bellman X Space uh, by Space Runners. There's so much going on with her and her company. And uh, and I think there's gonna, we're going to be hearing a lot from you. Thank goodness you're young and, and vibrant and ready to or continuing to crush it. Uh, I think we're all going to benefit from that. We're learning a lot about ourselves. And I think that Space Runners is at the forefront of that. Once again, I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. Thanks for taking the plunge into Headroom where we uncover the why behind the what and who impacting our lives. Headroom is a production of Rainlight and co-produced by our friends at Old Soul. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger, and this is Headroom.